0: Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up. Our podcast starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. It's your host, Andre Chin. Today, I'm here with a good friend, George Elmastri. He's an investor, he's a realtor, but really most importantly is he's taken the freedom life to the next level. As you can see, he's been in real estate for a while and I'm so excited for him to share his journey and for us to learn even more about how he's built this amazing life while supporting a real estate team and everything else that he's doing. So I'm truly excited. George, welcome. Thanks for being here with us today, and thank you, uh, you very much. just open up. Thank you. You just open up with just letting everyone know a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got to this point, and and what your life sort of looks like today. As sure uh, as you have sure. been going.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you very much for for having me on. I appreciate. It. I know it takes time to do all this. Uh, some people may not understand how much work goes into these uh, podcasts and whatnot. So, thank you for doing this. Um, but a little bit about myself. Um, I, so I graduated from the university of Toronto and while I was there, I was working part-time for a tech company and then I decided to go full-time with them doing a job that I didn't like doing. It, uh, was, it was just, I didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't wake up happy. I would, um, I, I didn't feel like going to work every day, which is probably how a lot of people feel. And then eventually my wrist started hurting from using the mouse and keyboard all day. I started having some issues with my hands. Uh, I remember at what point while I was studying, I couldn't even take notes because my hands were hurting. But um, yeah, one day after working there full time for a couple months, I think it was, I got called in at 4.55 p.m. And I know from experience, because I've seen this happen before, if you get called in at 4.55 p.m. They're about to fire you. <laughs> um, so I go in there knowing it's about to happen, and the lawyer was there, the company lawyer, and uh, the the manager was there, and they were, they let me go in a very nice way. And honestly, I felt like this huge weight lifted off my shoulders because I had been thinking about leaving for a long time, but I just didn't have the courage to do it. And this was like, okay, now's the opportunity to uh, figure out what I want to do. And after a long period of reflection, I stumbled upon real estate with the intention of becoming an investor, a full-time investor, and here we are many years later, and I'm, I'm living the dream.
0: That's awesome. So, so I know one of your primary strategies just, just through, you know, getting to know you a bit has been sort of the Burr method, and we talk about that one, that one quite a bit. Is that still the primary strategy that you, uh, you use with your investments?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's always the goal to, to, well, at least for the time being, because we're still in a growth stage. But uh, yeah, the, the intention is to refinance, borrow against the property, continue to grow and yeah.
0: How many properties in the portfolio today?
1: Uh, at this point, we have six. We we sold two of our properties in the last uh, year or so. Uh, properties that no longer fit the, 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 the portfolio kind of like with a vision and... Right. Um, yeah we're in the process of buying some more we're, we're we're hunting for some more right now
0: so so i mean i'm going to do some simple math you're seeing anywhere from six to ten thousand a month in positive cash flow um from from your properties i'd imagine uh
1: well theoretically that should be the case but we're we bought a couple of properties that were in pretty rough shape and we're actually in the process of removing all the tenants so that we can fix up the the units so um technically we're not <laughs> yeah, in that right. in that range, but we will be once the units are renovated.
0: Well, and for for everyone listening at home, that that is that is common, right? I mean, you you take these properties, the uglier the better. That's usually what I used to say to people is the right. uglier the property, the better it is for, for what we're doing when we're doing a burst strategy. And so it's not uncommon to, to need to get the tenants out and then you got to wait for a specific amount of time, or, you know, you try to offer them some incentives for them to, mm-hmm. to go early. But part of that burst strategy that I think a lot of people miss is, is you're improving the property, which is lifting the, the amount of equity that you have in the property so that you can borrow against it. Is that, is that the same stuff you guys have found if you've been doing it?
1: Yeah, same thing. And no, it's kind of scary like when you think about it, when you buy some a property sometimes that needs a lot of work or has really bad tenants. But if you get it for the right price, it just makes sense. And yeah. and it seems like as time passes, it just seems to prove that theory right every time. It's it's amazing how. Uh, when, you, when you look back at prices last year, everybody, every investor would jump on those on those prices if they were
0: available today, right? hundred percent. And, you know, it's funny because my first my first sort of investor mentor used to always say to me, Andre, I don't care what you do if you make money in the buy. And, and that's effectively kind of what you're saying. And so for you guys listening at home, you know, the purchase is more important than just getting the property. And I think a lot of investors miss that point when they, when they get into real estate investing and they can't really get out of the start gate and they're like, you know, I can't figure this out. And you go back and you, you know, you analyze their properties and you go, well, you probably paid $50,000 too much for this one or hundred thousand dollars too much for that one. And if you can make, if you can make your income in the purchase it really sets you up for for the burr method or for any other investment strategy Mm. for for that matter.
1: Yeah. And just to add to that. So yes, it would be great if you can get a discount right off the top when you purchase. But if you do end up paying a little bit more, is there a way for you to add value? Can you add an additional unit? Can you um, add a garden suite or uh, like do something with the garage or add laundry, um, coin op laundry, do something to add income to the property so that you're forcing the appreciation to complete the burst strategy, like you said.
0: Right, right. Say, you know, hey, that those are great added incentives as well. I want to kind of scroll back a bit because your your story sounds so much similarly to mine. Um, you know, you were 2012, I think I was 2007, was, was my exact same thing. I was working in a tech department, not a full tech company, but I was, I'd gone to school for tech similarly to you did, graduated out of Conestoga College here in, in their certificate program and went into the tech field. And um, I got the same nod, right? I mean, I came into work. So the, the two ways for anyone listening, the two ways you're gonna get fired is you get asked to come in on a Friday Or if you get the the 459 appointment um, or the 450 appointment, those are the two ways that corporations love to fire. So for me, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, I got the nod. I got the nod Thursday night as I was leaving. My my former employer said, hey, uh, when you come in tomorrow, can you come in a few minutes early tomorrow morning? I'd love to chat with you. And i knew immediately going home you know I'm, I'm losing my job tomorrow and it was the exact same thing i came in lawyers were there security guards were there they handed me a box and and handed me a if effectively a pink slip for the you know if you want to visualize it and uh i was forced with the exact same thing and i find a lot of people get into real estate um in that way like i chose tech and you probably did the same thing where tech was sort of natural to us right like i i was good at it i was good at it in high school and i figured hey I should go down this path. It seems like an easy path. It makes sense. But I wasn't truly, truly passionate about sitting behind a screen every single day. Mm -hmm. And COVID's made us back there, but I wasn't passionate about it back then. And uh, it was the exact same thing. I I found myself in 2008, 2007, 2008. I'd have to look back on, on when specifically. All of a sudden I was without a job. We're in this, you know, North America was in a recession at the time, at least the US was Canada was starting to see some of those things. And I found myself exactly where you were kind of going, what do I want to do? What am I passionate about? And I too looked to real estate, and thought this, this is where I'm gonna head, always having interest as an investor, but then more so kind of went on the sales side. Now I know you You're licensed, yes, but real estate sales aren't your primary go to. But one of the things I know about you is you spend a lot of time in the systems and model section of of the real estate team. Would you be willing to to maybe chat a little bit about that? Because we do have a lot of investors listening. And then we do have a lot of real estate salespeople that listen to our show as well. Mm -hmm. And I think a big question that comes up is that you can't have both. But you know, here you are, here I am, and and we're both investors, but we're also both realtors yeah. as well.
1: Um, so it's it break down kind of some of our systems. I guess that's that. That's what we want to discuss now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. So, so are um, you
0: the? I mean, would would that make you sort of the head of operations for the team or? or... No, not really.
1: No, so hey, that's the thing. We actually just hired a coach. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Marianne Gillespie. We just started working with her and she had a conversation with me and she's asking me, what are you, so what do you want to do? Are you want to be like the director of ops? You know, is that kind of what I'm like? No, no, that's not what I want to (laughs) do. But I'm, I'm happy to help with systems because I am good with tech and that kind of stuff. So, uh, but really like my goal when I joined forces with my wife and my mother-in-law and we formed the Elm team, my goal was to step away from sales. I used to be a full-time salesperson when I first got into real estate up until maybe a year ago. Um, so yeah, like our our systems, we we work by referral, and we were following the uh, Brian Buffini system. I don't know if you're you're familiar with that, but sure. we we had all been coached by uh, Brian's company. We had followed the referral uh, system by doing calls, notes, and pop That w- that's a big part of our our business. But now, as we're starting to um, look towards growth and following more of a KW model, where we're, we're um, looking to just kind of increase the database and uh, get into more of that so that we're not just working with the same people over and over and we're able to add teammates we're able to add that director of ops where you know by generating more income we're able to open up some doors for ourselves to get a showing agent that kind of thing so um, that we're, we're following the MREA system through Marianne Gillespie at this stage.
0: That's awesome. And, and, you know, I'm gonna I I'll I'll text her after this because she's she's one of my friends as well. Um, And shout out to mag she runs uh, red apple coaching for anyone looking for a great coach looking to get their business kicked off. It's not a paid promotion or anything like that She's she's a friend of mine, but coincidentally she was my first coach. Yeah. She was my first real estate coach when, uh, when I hadn't had my team yet, I was working on a team and, uh, stepping into, to effectively what would be considered now the director sales role with that organization. And she was my coach. So, you know, a good luck. You've got a great coach and, and then B Mags is tough. So she's going to, she's going to take your business to the next level. She's going to grind really hard with you guys. That's one of the things that she's most incredible on. I had someone ask me that the other day, they were like, you know, um, what why should I get a coach and I thought you know in everything in every area of your life if you don't have some sort of coaching or somebody there to help Mm -hmm. hold you accountable you're probably not doing the best or living to the highest that you possibly could and and so Marianne is one of those people that she just she extracts the best from you no matter what it is you're doing so you guys are it's your wife and your mother-in-law yourself you focus more on the back end we won't say operations necessarily. And they're, they're kind of out in the field. What made you want to get away from full-time sales? Cause you were doing that for a while yourself as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, right from the beginning, when I got my license, my intention was to be an investor that I remember like being in high school in the summer, um, summertime when we were off, I remember uh, watching like one of those flipping shows and then I was talking to my mom at that time and I'm like, mom, you know, I want to be a contractor. I want to renovate homes. And she laughed at me. She's like, no, you're going to university. You're not going to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I ended up uh, not, I'm not a contractor, but I ended up doing what I wanted to do renovating. And, and that was always like my intention. And, and that's why I, I stepped away from, from the sales so I can focus.
0: Wow. Wow. So you're focusing on investments. Let's, let's go down that path. So you did your first sort of burr in 2017. Talk to me yeah. about that experience. Did you have your, you know, was it a home run out of the gate or was this one of your tougher projects to work through?
1: Uh, it was a home run and it was very tough. <laughs> it was both.
0: both sides, uh,
1: I yeah. bought, I bought a, a detached home two and a half story in downtown Hamilton for $215,000. It was listed for, I think uh, originally it was listed at like 260 and then they reduced it to 250 and we ended up settling on 215. And uh, this place had fleas, cockroaches, mice, um, dog doo-doo on the floor, you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> everything you can imagine. As a first time buyer, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. In fact, the home inspector that did it, did the home inspection for me, walked away from the house halfway through and he's like, this is the worst home I've ever been to. (laughs) And, And he's like, I, if you weren't a real estate agent, I wouldn't tell you this, but I don't think you should buy this house, but I bought it anyway. And I'm glad I did because that like, I fixed that home. I had help from family and friends and like my dad would come and whatever, and we worked on it and I was able to refinance it, um, about six months after buying. And that led to me being able to buy another home. So I'm very, very happy. I didn't listen to that home inspector. I still own that house today and it's been a huge
0: blessing. Wow. Wow. And did I hear you right? You said this was the first home you ever purchased. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> that is, that is wild. I mean, my, my first was a pre-construction, um, you know, that I bought and and then, and then eventually moved into it, um, and sold it down the road. But to, to do that as your first home, that is, that is commitment to the investor life right there. Oh
1: man. That was a very <laughs> stressful time. Very stressful time. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to deal with fleas. I didn't know what you're supposed to do. And I did everything wrong, but <laughs> it worked out.
0: Could you imagine though buying a house today for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars? Yeah, <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like,
1: <laughs> I don't know where you would go to to find. Probably not in Ontario. I,
0: I don't know that you'd be you'd be in Ontario anymore. Truthfully, yeah.
1: yeah, crazy.
0: Truthfully, I like I don't I don't know how you would like. I mean, even in Windsor, like we do a lot of stuff in Windsor. Windsor has been a great area to invest in. Yeah. We're we're moving around now. I think if you went. So maybe north of Sudbury you may be able to get into a home under 300,000 in Ontario oh
1: man I I just I don't see how people are doing that I mean I I understand but like that must be hard to to manage and like just going up there driving you'd have to drive hours and hours or fly but with the snow and
0: everything it must be really hard yeah yeah it would be tough so you know, you've got your first one done, you know, you're, you're, you refinance it, it goes well, you hit the home run, you were stressed for probably I mean, most Sometimes. times, <laughs> I think it's what six to eight months until yeah. until yeah, pretty, pretty typical. I, I love people. Yeah, I had an investor talk to me the other day, and, and he bought a property and he said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a burr method on this in 90 days. And I said, mm-hmm. you're absolutely crazy. There's no way.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and He said, watch I ain't gonna prove you wrong. So I don't think that I, I, I don't think realistically, Ninety days is, is fair. I well, think it's possible.
1: It's possible, but it depends on the scope of work. If you're hmm. just gonna, if you buy a really like you buy something from a wholesaler, um, and you just gotta throw a coat of paint on the house, and then you're able to refinance it later in ninety days, it's possible. Uh, but but if you're doing a full full gut and everything top to bottom, it's probably not likely.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, And I think that's, that's a really good point, right? Quantifying how much you have to put in in order to, to get the deal done. And so, you know, what are you guys looking for when you're looking for your next property, which I'm sure you are right now. So if anyone's mm-hmm. listening, make sure that you reach out to George. He's, he's, he's buying, he's got the hot hand right now. But what are you looking for in your next property?
1: Um, th- at least three units. We're, we're uh, targeting three to six units right now um, in the Niagara region. And they ha- it has to cash flow. So whether that means we're getting vacant possession and we're able to uh, improve these units and get top dollar in, in rents and, you know, if the numbers make sense, we go for it. But um, if we're buying something and we're assuming tenants and they're paying 700 bucks a month, um, for each of them, and you're buying a place for $700,000, that doesn't make sense. So we stay away from that kind of thing, unless we, like I said, we can get vacant possession. So cash flow is key. We know the area we want and we know the unit composition that we want. So if, if I find something that meets that criteria, then we're ready to go.
0: That's exciting. That's exciting. How many properties are you going to buy say in the next year?
1: Um, So we, we are planning on getting three of those multis that I mentioned the three to six unit buildings. And then, my goal has been for the last little while to buy a 10 or larger unit building. So we're we're looking to add one of those hopefully this year to the portfolio.
0: So so best case scenario you yeah, get through 2022, you've got 16 new doors acquired to, to the company.
1: That would be, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that's what we're aiming for. Is
0: is there a ceiling to where you're headed to, or like, have you figured that out yet? You know, is it a hundred yeah. doors, two hundred doors? Uh,
1: we don't really like. I used to look at it like that, like number of doors, but um, I think now it's more so about the cash flow, because the cash flow is going to fund the lifestyle that we want, and that's why I said the numbers or the, like the number of doors that we want, because that's based on the cash flow that we're aiming for, Got in it. order to live. A good life and you know not have to worry not have to you know sell homes or do whatever like we can live however we want because we have the cash flow coming in
0: yeah you know, it's, it's so wild to me how many realtors don't even own their own home right and we we talk about that a lot on the show um you know we talk about businesses and we talk about investments but that that's something that has come up time and time again not only how many realtors don't invest How many realtors didn't even you know buy their first home? You you could be a realtor right now, starting out, and and maybe it's a house hack that you start with, right? You get a you get a renter in your current residence. Um, I I had someone the other day teach me how to house hack on a rental. I thought that was just brilliant. I'm like, yeah, I, I rent the property. I I bring in a tenant. I house hack that way or, or even Airbnbs, right? You see a lot of people doing it that way as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's so important that as, as realtors, we're, we're selling a product and the product is real estate yet. We don't, we don't invest in our own product. And it's, yeah. it's just so wild to me that, that more realtors aren't taking strategies like what you're doing and, and building out their, their personal wealth.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I can understand, like, it's, it's probably scary for people at this point because of the prices and, um, you know, having to go out to certain areas that you may not know well. Like if you're um, venture, if you're based out of Toronto, and somebody's telling you, "Well, this deal makes sense in Niagara Falls," you're not. Maybe you're not going to be sure. And there's always reasons for us to make excuses and to let fear get in the way and uh, things that just hold us back. But when you when you overcome that fear, that's when a lot of good things happen.
0: So how do you how do you evaluate? What's a good deal? I mean, and, and I get asked this question a lot, you know, how do you know when to buy it? How do you know it's a good deal? What are you looking mm-hmm. for? What are the what are the metrics? I know cash flow is one of them. And and for anyone listening, I mean. You should always be thinking about cash flow. In my opinion, I mean, don't quote me on that. A lot of investors might disagree with me on that. But I think if, if you're going to invest money, there should be some return on that investment upfront in, in the form of cash flow, is my personal opinion. Yeah. What do you think as, as you evaluate properties and what are you looking for in a lot of these properties?
1: Yeah. So, like you said, cash flow. So, I just want to clarify that that's possibly the most important thing. Uh, when, when we're looking for a property, but I think another real important thing is, is there room to improve this property? Because I'm not looking for that turnkey. Personally, I'm not looking for that turnkey triplex or fourplex, and I can't do anything to improve it. And I just, the money's stuck in that property for years, potentially, right? And th- there's nothing wrong with that. Like for some people, that's an awesome strategy. If you don't, you want a low maintenance kind of investment, that, that's perfect. Um, so yeah, uh, cash flow, room for improvement. And then obviously I want to make sure we're not necessarily overpaying for the property. So um, making sure that it's in line with the market or we're potentially getting a bit of a discount. And as long as those three things are there, um, areas important too. But we've been able to find good tenants in not so great areas by being uh, by putting out a good product out there. So, um, yeah, I'd say those three things are the most important.
0: OK, so when you say is is there a minimum cash flow? Let's, let's kind of chunk that out a little bit in, into those three three buckets that you guys work with. So cash flow being the the first bucket, um, what is what is your minimum number um, that you need to see to make it worthwhile for you to invest in it?
1: Uh, is that like right off the bat, or is this after we turn over the units?
0: Well, maybe both. Maybe, maybe we say what's your initial that you look for, and then when on the turnover, what's your expectation at the on the back end?
1: Initially, I don't really care. I, I just want it to be over break even because, again, the, the plan is to improve the units and then that will increase the cash flow. So if we're as long as we're not dishing out money every month initially, then that's fine. Uh, but again, if if um, we're, we're it's negative cash flow to start, but we can immediately increase the cash flow, then that's fine, too so I know I'm kind of going all over cause you have to be so creative right now. Like you can't, you can't just say, this is what I'm looking for. And that's it. I'm closing my mind to any other option because it's going to be very hard to find something. So you have to get creative. Uh, but yeah, let's just say, so break even uh, initially, but then after we renovate, we want at least like three to, at least 300 bucks a month in cash flow. And don't forget that when you're refinancing your property, your mortgage is increasing, your mortgage payments increasing, so that's going to take away from some of your cash flow as well.
0: That's a that's a very 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 good tip. So so minimum 300, $300 per property, minimum cash flow and then on the on the back end um, is that still the case or do you want it to be, you know, 500 700 what's your minimum on the after after rentals and everything's
1: done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At least 300 yeah. after rentals. And wow. then also, I know everybody kind of evaluates things differently, but we factor in vacancy, we factor in repairs, uh, property management, like all these things. So um, if you look at a pro forma sometimes and you don't see those things and you see a, a high cash flow number, right. you should keep that in mind because it's probably not going to be as high as the
0: cash flow may not be as high as you think. Right, 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 right. right. So you're you're treating it truly like like that business, right? I mean, you're you're not you're not leaving anything up to chance, is what I'm hearing.
1: Well, as much as possible, but every time you buy, I'm sure you know too. Like, y- there's always going to be a surprise somewhere, right? You're you're going to run into something, and you're going to have to deal with it at that point. It's just the way it is. I've never had a perfect um, investment property from start to finish. There's always something.
0: You know, it's funny, because I, it's it's almost when I get into these deals, now I, I try to forecast what it's going to be. Yeah. And as you get closer and through the project as less and less stuff, because you I mean, you get better, like we can be real about that we get better mm-hmm. as we do each one of these and, and stuff like that, but you start to almost predict where the problem is going to show up before it happens. Right. And then, and then when it happens, you're already prepped and and ready for it. And it doesn't, it doesn't really cost you as much, or it doesn't Mm -hmm. really take you off that, that platform as much. I I mean, I love the $300, the $300 number on the back end. I think ours is four. Mm -hmm. We've got it just a little bit higher, but we're also purchasing in different areas than you are. What made you pick Niagara Falls? Uh,
1: Well, we're not in Niagara Falls. We're in the Niagara region. So St. Catharines and Welland. Okay. Um, what made me honestly, um, I had a, a realtor, uh, colleague of mine who a few years ago, he bought an apartment building in Welland and that was kind of my first introduction to Welland. And it when Sandy? No, I don't think you know him. He's not a, he's not okay. a KW agent. Um, his name was Jerry. So yeah, anyway, he bought a, a building in Welland and he was telling me about the numbers and what he got it for. And then I, I drove out to, with him to have a look and I was thinking, wow, like, this is a nice, pretty nice area. And I started looking around at the prices and everything and it made sense. So that, that kind of drew me to that area. And I, I started, uh, marketing out there a little bit and looking for deals and putting in offers and that kind of thing. So, uh, that was my, my reason originally for going out there and, and, um, things make sense, like the proximity to the States, um, how close you are to the airport uh, on the U S side, um, Niagara Falls being an attraction, there is jobs out there. There are hospitals, there's all sorts of stuff. So it made sense to, to look in that area.
0: Okay. Where else are you, where else might you guys be targeting next? I'm I'm looking for that, that sort of secret sauce for anyone listening. (laughs) Is there, is there somewhere next that you're going or are you, um, you're fairly I, I, stuck in that well-in area right
1: now. Yeah, I, I've been tempted to look at other areas and I have, like I've looked at Port Colburn as well, but um, I don't want to drift away from from what we've done and I don't want to start buying stuff that's really far away. Right. So I'm, I'm trying as much as possible to stick to the areas that I know. And if I somehow come across something in Port Colburn or in Brantford or in like some of these areas, I would. Probably capitalize, right? Okay,
0: so so you're not you're not necessarily stuck, but I, but I like that, right? You there's thought and there's process in where to invest, and I find a lot of investors start, whether they're realtors or not, they they, they kind of go where they live. Right, they they think that's the easiest place to start. Hey, you know, I live in Mississauga. I know Mississauga. I know the area, or I live here. It's easy. I know the area, but they're not really thinking of some of the stuff that you're thinking of that's happening. So, so what's your what's your second bucket? Because I mean, we started with cash flow. What would be the second most important thing that you you then factor in out of the the two remaining?
1: Uh, the second bucket. So, are we talking about like priorities or yeah,
0: what, what you're looking for in that investment?
1: Um looking for an, an investment property. So you said the number one thing was cash flow.
0: Yeah. So so number one was cash flow. You said there were sort of three yeah, things. Yeah. So the you, second thing yeah. is room for improvement. Okay. Yeah. The, so
1: Yeah. Can I add a unit? Can I convert the basement? Can I put a garden suite? Um, can I turn over these units quickly? What can I do? What can I possibly do to add value? Can I put in a, a coin op laundry? Can I convert this? um the empty space into locker units, like anything possible to try to add to that, um, cash flow coming in or just the overall value of the building.
0: How are you finding, how are you finding that process, um, as you've been going through these investments? Cause those, those all sound like really great ideas. Have you been able to implement, you know, putting in, putting in lockers or adding in, in, you know, laundry to a building? Have you been able to do that yet?
1: Um, yeah, so we're in the process of doing that in two of the buildings actually. So, um, the easy thing is coin op laundry. Right. Um, but, and a lot of our buildings, we're actually putting in suite laundry. Again, if we're not in the greatest area, then I try to make the units as desirable as possible. And that means, if that means putting in in suite laundry, then, then we do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing has been turning over units. So, Every building we've bought so far, we've been able to turn over a couple units. Um, so that, that's been the biggest thing. And, and we're, putting in, we're putting in like basic stuff, but nice, nice finishes. Ikea finishes. We're not breaking the bank on these units. We're probably spending around 35000 in total. And that includes rewiring and plumbing and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we've been lucky enough to attract some really good tenants.
0: That's awesome that awesome so you know before we before we wrap today, you know like I know there's a third strategy that that you wanted to to kind of share as well so we've got cash flow we've got adding room for improvement that room for improvement feeds back to the cash flow I love I love how that works and then what's yeah. the third thing you guys are focused on for for evaluating whether you're gonna buy an investment or
1: not um, yeah making sure we're paying the right price so um, a lot of the deals that we've found in the last couple of the last two years or so have been off market. Right. And we've dealt directly with the sellers and we've been able to get some pretty good deals on them. Um, So yeah, that, that's important too. And again, I'm not against paying market value or a little bit over market value for a property. If, if the strategy makes sense, Uh, but we've been lucky to get some of these under market value and that's really helped us with the Burr method.
0: Right. So so we're making it in the buy. We're looking for opportunities that we can increase the value of the property and then we're we're targeting a minimum cash flow number after yeah. renovations that we want to see. Now you're also refinancing these as well. So is there a, is there a minimum like are you pulling all your capital back out or is there a number that you say hey if I get 80% back out I'm happy mm. or or what's your strategy there?
1: Yeah, usually 80% I think we'd be happy. Depends on how fast, right? Like if we're right. talking about six months or so, then yes. But most of the time we're able to pull out a hundred percent and more. We actually had one where we bought the building. It was a fourplex. We bought it for four sixty-five uh in 2019, uh, 2020. I forget 2019 or 2020. And we refied it a few months ago for 840. So, yeah, so that, like, that's, and we were a bit lucky. We, we got a good deal on the buy, but we were lucky that we were able to uh, f- fix up these units and, and get a good appraiser. That's another thing, having an appraisal package. Like, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do to make sure you get top dollar when you, when you're getting appraised.
0: I love that. I love that. So, you know, you guys have, have a system down. Do you have a coach that's helping you on this side? I know you got one on the real estate team. Yeah. How are you, how are you getting information or how are you getting this knowledge on, on how to do this?
1: I had a coach again, this was uh, last year or two years ago. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused with the years now. We're in 2022. <laughs> um, yeah. So in 2020, I had a coach and he, I know you talked about the importance of a coach. I can tell you. This guy helped me accelerate my growth and our growth as a family, as investors, by probably like tenfold. It was incredible the things that I was able to do with his, with his guidance. Uh, we bought that fourplex in St. Catharines that I just mentioned, thanks to his, his help. Uh, we bought another fiveplex in Welland, thanks to his help. We were able to like move around some of our assets. We sold uh, my wife's condo and, and use some of the funds to reinvest into other things. So yeah, the coaching is incredible, not just for um, accountability, but for strategies, for um, uh, confidence, making sure you get past your fear and do do the things that you're being advised to do. And And if you can get a good coach that you align with, it'll truly, truly help.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. So coaching, you know, making it in the in the buy, looking at the the purchase. You've got, you know, areas of improvement in the property and then minimum cash flow. Sounds like a pretty straightforward strategy on how yep. anyone that's listening right now can become a real estate investor and start to create wealth in their world as well, which I mean, I think that's the name of the game, right? It's it's we're watching the prices now. I had a conversation with another another investor in 2020 when this started. For those that are listening, it's January. You know, we're still in the pandemic. It's 2022. We're still in the pandemic, especially here in Canada. We're back in our fourth or fifth lockdown, whatever number we are today. I chatted with this investor a couple of years ago and we had thought about, you know, we got to liquidate, right? When COVID hit, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew what was what prices were going to go. And there was a group of investors, ourselves included, that kind of said, "Okay, whatever happens, we're going to commit to following our business plan and and continue to buy. It sounds like you've done sort of the same thing through this process as you have continued to buy. And I think that message needs to be shared with more people that no matter what the market's doing, there's still opportunity that's still kicking for you to, to make money and to be an investor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I hope you held because you made a lot of money if you did since COVID started. That's for yeah. sure.
0: Oh yeah. There's what 40, 45% total in two years. I mean, yeah. anyone that held on to their properties did well in that time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so, so crazy. Who- yeah. Yeah. And then so, so nuts, right? So we're going to wrap. I mean, we're, we're out of time, George, thank you so much. I always ask everybody that comes on the show, you know, what's one thing that our listeners have to hear, whether that's from the investment side or from the real estate side, in your opinion, what's something that everybody needs to hear who's listening to, to your episode today? Would you kindly share that for me?
1: Yeah. Um, everybody's fearful, but just take on that fear, especially as an investor, don't let the fear dictate what you do with your life and just move past it and make, make the right decision for yourselves.
0: That's incredible. Speaking of coaching, that's something my coach has said to me time and time again. And he always follows it up with, Andre, everything you want is on the other side of that fear. And mm-hmm. I think that's effectively what you're saying here today, George, is we all are afraid, we all feel that fear, but we've got to push through and we got to continue to, to grow our wealth and, and grow our downline.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%.
0: I love it. So, if someone's looking for, you know, they want to send you a property or they want to even chat with you, they want to learn what you're investing or they want to invest with you. George, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram, Well Off X, the letter X. And um, also, if you are interested in learning more about strategies, I also have a podcast. So, you can check out the Well Off podcast um, at welloffpodcast.ca. And uh, that's the best way. I
0: love that guys. Check it out. W E L L off X. Don't forget that X on the end and, and <laughs> yes. please go ahead and check out George's podcast. Happy to have him here today and to learn a little bit about it. For everyone listening at home, you can find us, we're the Real Estate Hustle Podcast, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Instagram and every major social platform out there as well. It's been a pleasure learning a bit more about real estate investing. Part of the reasons that we host this show is because we learn so much at the same time while getting to meet other great investors and great realtors like yourself, George. So thank you so much for being a part of our episode and we look forward to connecting again in the future, bringing you back and hearing about how big that portfolio has gotten, let's say in the next year to year and a half from now.
1: Yeah, the pressure is on now. I got to make sure I (laughs) I do what I say, what I'm going to (laughs) do.
0: Hey, nothing like a little accountability to make sure we hit those goals, right?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing this again. And uh, it was great connecting with you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you.